After about a three-month hiatus, we are back here. <laughs> we're on, on, we're, we're we're out of hibernation. We're, we're alive. We're still here. Uh, playoffs, we didn't leave you. Playoffs became a busy, busy time, but we are back, and we'll have a couple more shows for you throughout the summer. Buck's going to stop by yeah, for one. That'll be a good one. He was like, hey, you guys need a show? I, I'll come fill for you. I'm like, absolutely. We always love having Buck on the Frazier Athletics Show. I mean, great, great knowledge, not just about sports, the but Buck-ology. for life in general. I mean, absolutely fantastic to have. New location here this summer. We are at the Cactus, and we'll tell you a little bit about our recording location today. The Cactus Bar and Grill, located at 3440 Pittsburgh Road, off 51 in Periopolis. The Cactus is serving up homemade pizzas, sandwiches, wings, salads, and much more. Open Tuesday through Sunday. Dine in and take out at 724-497-3101. Please support your local Periopolis businesses, such as the Cactus, our recording location for today's episode of the Fraser Athletic Show in kind of our foreseen yeah. future location for episodes now that uh, Smith's room has been retired. <laughs> Nick, Nick graduated. I graduated and I got kicked out. No more uh, Smith's really. room for us. Hey, you never know. We'll probably use that for an interview or two yeah, after probably. basketball season next year. Hey, Coach, uh, you want to come in the room after the that game? Could, that could be the media room. It could be the uh, <laughs> post-game interview yeah, show. post-game interview room. I, I like it, but a lot has happened since we've last talked, and we'll get you caught up on what happened to end the baseball season, our players of the year for baseball and softball, how the softball season ended. Uh, we appreciate all the support uh, that you, those of you who tuned in for that state playoff game that we did um over 600 at last check i saw tuned into that one so really appreciate all the support on that one hopefully have some more games throughout the summer but only time will tell but we'll get into baseball donnie hartman will join us later so stay tuned for another edition here of the frazier athletics show you can enjoy the rustic decor of the Big Barn Country Store in Delhi from Route 51, just south of Periopolis, Pennsylvania. Inside the store, enjoy the atmosphere and browse through a selection of delicious Amish foods, home-baked pies, a deli, a wide array of nostalgic candy, wine store, and much more. Open seven days a week. Visit our website at BigBarnStore.com. That's BigBarnStore.com. Somerset Trust Company, now open in Periopolis, we invite you to stop by and experience the Somerset Trust Company difference. Local decision making, convenient locations, extended hours, award winning online and mobile banking, and more. Somerset Trust Company, community banking at its best, now open in Periopolis. We're back here on the Frazier Athletic Show as the baseball season has been long done, but you know, kind of some surprises inside the 2A classification if you weren't staying up to date with it. Seton LaSalle lost in the 2A championship to Shenango. That was a lot of fun uh, seeing that game and kind of seeing Seton LaSalle, who no one thought anyone would beat, ended up losing. And then they ended up losing to Sarah in the state playoffs, who they absolutely shellacked in the WPI one. That surprised me. That one was a big shocker because after they kind of almost underplayed Shenango, I never thought that they would have an issue in the state playoffs because I kind of figured they'd be like, all right, we're just going to roll from here on no more kind of slouching performances. But, you know, Sometimes that's not how the cookie crumbles, and Seton LaSalle had all the tools to be a stud team, even without Drew Lafferty, who transferred to South Park and was an absolute animal for that team until he dealt with an injury and couldn't pitch. But, you know, a lot of interesting turns in the WPIAL playoffs once you get rolling inside of there of somebody beating somebody that wasn't supposed to, and that's what makes it fun. But the Commodores, they've been done since the 13th. That's like... Oh, not not of June. We're going back a little further, but you know, it's like a whole like year. To be honest, in my opinion, they may have lost nine to two, but it was one of their better games they played throughout the course of the year. Yeah, and you look at nine two. That's a good Chartier's Houston team with Jimmy Sadler on it and company. Logan Brown did a very good job in that game, like he did all season long. And you look at the box score of this game; 
it was three nothing after two and a half. Frazier was able to come back, make it three to one, and they kind of just dink and dunk their way around until a three run seventh kind of put it completely out of reach by Chartier's Houston. But you know, it's a team you're losing a huge piece, but you, in a sense, already lost that piece this yeah. season. And I'm referring to Chase. I no mean, offense to Chase, but like he his, did a lot with the bat. He was a good hitter this year, and again, the thing is, he was probably the second. He was the second best average hitter with 354 yeah. on the season. He drove in, but everybody runs. really knew Chase for his pitching. But exactly, and the thing is, that's why this is also could be considered a season of what ifs yeah. for that baseball team because you have the issue with the second Bentworth game that puts hmm. you in the playoffs. In all honesty, you're probably in the playoffs with that Realistically, game. should have been a playoff team. Yeah, it's very realistic. And the thing is, if Chase doesn't blow out his elbow, and I think we're just going to leave it at close enough to say, I know it's not 100% accurate because mm-hmm. he was able to still play and it wasn't like completely useless, yeah. but he couldn't pitch. And if Chase didn't do that, I say that's easily another two, three wins on this team's record, if not more this year. Oh, I said that too. Like from the start of the season, I had them at six wins. And you look at, they could have beat Washington with Chase pitching. That's that first meeting they lost to them. With Chase pitching, they definitely beat one of the two best center games. I mean, especially you look back at that hour-long seventh inning where they were Mm -hmm. one out away from beating best center, and you just look at a couple little things here and there, and that team could have been a playoff team in all honesty should have been. But, again, you're losing Chase, and you're losing Aiden as your big two. Aiden's bat didn't play like you hoped it would this year. but He was a good leadoff, though. Good fielder. It was his role. He was a good fielder. I thought the average would be a little higher than it was. But, again, it wasn't bad as a grand like he wasn't I'm not saying he was bad at all but it's not like a giant gap now you're filling in like trying to fill in for Chase's pitching this year Aiden really did a good job of getting on base too his on base percentage of the year was 350 so like that's average kind of for an uh leadoff yeah. there and what I'm hoping for is and I know John is a huge huge like fan of this and I know assistant coach Rob Dorkin is as well. We've talked to him about this when we did the Bandits games that, mm-hmm. like, no one ever played n- – never has this many players on a Frazier team Play played summer ball. ball. Yeah. Whether it be Legion or legitimate travel ball. Like, we know Dan's playing some Legion ball. Yeah, with Bell Vernon. Bell Vernon. We have Dom on that team and on the Bandits. And when you literally have almost all your guys that are going to be starters coming back playing travel ball – that got to be a big boost. You know, Dom's bat didn't play and his arm didn't play as much as they may like during the baseball high school season. But his bat has played so well for the Bandits so far this year from what I've seen. And it's been the same with his defensibility. Besides the, really the two games we did, and, you know, Rob's blaming that on the allergy medicine that his mom gave him and Dom did the <laughs> same thing. I'm blaming you couldn't handle the pressure of us being there. but Yeah, it was our fault. Our fault. But, hey, we're going to have some more games somewhere, somehow along the summer when we get some closer towards so We'll definitely do some Belvern and Legion games because those should all be yeah. at their D. Virgilio Sports Complex. Are, there, are those any left? Or? I think there's a couple left. Okay. From what I could see, I could be wrong, but I know there should be some more tournaments. Some of, I was checking the PA softball team that Bednar plays for and Felsher and Delaney. And there should be some tournaments for them relatively close. And it, it does depend. You know, we're going to get some further away. But we'll, we'll be looking into at least do some of those. Maybe Jensen's uh, volleyball team yeah. this summer. I think that'd be a lot of fun to go do. But maybe before we leave, Donnie and Mandy are still here. Uh, we'll find out where she's playing, where we can get a schedule, maybe get one of those. But, you know, you see a number of these players, even if they're not on good teams, it doesn't matter. They're... Working it's still to get experience. Better. And that's the thing. If you can work to get better, and that's and who cares in a sense what your record is, fine-tune something, you know, some buckology, some buckisms, <laughs> get better each and every day you're on the field. And, you know, if you do that and find a way to get better each and every day, whether it be you do one thing better fielding, one thing better hitting, you know, just getting more game experience, getting more confidence, come next season, it's going to make a difference. And, again, you already – pretty much went without your biggest loss, and that's being Chase's arm. You didn't have it this year, and you're not necessarily going to have it 
oh, you're definitely not going to yeah. have it next year. You barely had it this year. But the thing is maybe Dom's control finds a way to come to life. And that's his big thing. It's not that he doesn't have good stuff. He just doesn't have the control right now. And if he can find and fine-tune that control, that could be something that plays next year. I think Braden on the hill is something that can play next year. Yeah. I know he doesn't want to kill the shoulder before football. He's going into his senior year, and he said, I'd be all for it next year. Look at him maybe as never hey, necessarily in. a starter, but a good reliever. Yeah, he came in to close that Washington game, and they ended up yeah. picking up the dub there. He has some good velocity. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a strong kid. Yeah. I mean, you see Braden. He, he looks like an athlete. It's yeah. as simple as that. Braden looks like a straight athlete. And I could see him playing as like a back end reliever guy for, but I think Roebuck can take a step next year. I really was impressed by Logan Brown. Yeah. I mean, I think Logan Brown. I think he's one of the ones playing some summer ball. So yeah, I think he should be able to fine tune some stuff. I don't and think get a he's ever going to get that. If he gets the velocity, he's never going to completely play like you'd hope for a top end starter. Yeah. But he knows that. And John knows that as well. And I think the thing he's is, more he's a, a dink and dunk. Let me spot it. Yeah, I may mm-hmm. get hit every now and then. But you know what? That's okay in high school. You're, a lot of runs are going to be scored in high school games. Either way, eh, you're not, not everyone's going to have a Sam Georgiana on your team who's yeah. just going to say, uh, no, nah, I'm going to sit you down every single time. We're going to sit here and throw 90 miles an hour at you. And then- yeah, it, it, no, no one has that. Like Very few teams have that. And very few teams have multiple of that. And the ones that do um, recruit, I didn't know. Hey, no, they not don't that do that. Not that that's legal or no. anything. But hey, you look at that, and I think – it's a lot of room for growth next year with people developing in summer league. And it could be a team that, you know, you never know that could be a playoff team because yeah. Yeah, your biggest loss you thought coming into the season that you'd have to replace next year would be Chase's pitching. Yari had to get rid of that. Now, yeah, it's a big bat to replace, but, you know, you have some decent eighth graders coming in. Um, you know, coaches, we talked about, yeah. we'll talk about later on the show, I should say, about, you know, Donnie coaching Grayson and Jensen. And you're going to have an assistant coach son, possibly, with McManus yeah. on the team. Yeah, Dalen McManus coming up from eighth grade. And I, I've always said, wait till this sixth grade class, they're going to seventh grade now, gets to that freshman, sophomore year. That could be a decent team. Yeah. And I think John realizes, you know, let's get his team together, his philosophy in there. You know, it's kind of like starting from scratch. It's not like set in stone like the Hartmans, hey – this is our coaching philosophy. This is what you do. Everyone knows yeah, it. Yeah, he, he's a younger John's guy. A guy. You, you kind of have to build your program up. They had to do it when they were younger, and too. I said, you give them three years, this current six now going to seventh grade class, this could be a good team in a couple of years. And I think John no- knew that when he came in, that's going to take some years to develop this. And, you know, if you can get yourself into the playoffs, great. You know what they always say out in Philly, uh, trust the process, but like the 76ers, right? That's the hope. Frazier's looking to trust the process and – continue to get better in the next season, but only time will tell. Uh, not necessarily the season you wanted when you thought you could have been a playoff team, but you know a lot to build on, and a lot of these guys are taking that next step. And I, I really think that has a lot to do with this new head coach and John Malone with these guys playing travel ball. Just you know, hearing him talk around the field, you know, I'd love to get you into a travel team. Let's, let's find a way to, place for you to play this summer and get you better. You know, that caring wasn't there a yeah. lot before. No, the it really wasn't. And, I mean, he really goes the extra mile for, like, all these kids. Like, he's a younger guy, so he can put a lot more time into it than other people could. A lot of relatability. Yeah, it's, yeah, rela- relatable. And, you know, the hope is that, you know, this, these extra reps, these extra games pay off come next year. And, you know, it's a different team in a positive way. You never know what the young guys are going to play in. Who doesn't say a couple freshmen come in and start next year? You, you never know. And if someone shocks you, I'll I mean. T- I'll take a hot take. I can almost bet there's going to be a few freshmen on that field next year. I'd be shocked if there isn't. Yeah. I would be shocked if there isn't. And, you know, one more thing before we kind of conclude this segment, and that's the fact that, you know, we talked about losing Chase's arm. You really lost his best defense position, too. Yeah. He short. was playing first base. Mm-hmm. He wasn't playing short or second. And that affected a lot defensively, too. That arm blowing out kind of just put a whole, you know, knot in the rope that head coach Malone wasn't looking for. But I think next year you're going to have a lot to look forward to. But we almost forgot this, Nick, because we actually have not done this. The players know, and very few know, but just the players know. Our baseball players of the year and breakout player of the year. I said players of the year because... Two players of the year. We got Dan Obreese. 
Dan. Oh, I mean, he was unreal and emotional leader. I, yeah. I love the way that kid carries himself. Just you can tell, which sometimes when you have that frustration and that anger, it can get it can be bad on the field. But, you know, it shows how much that kid cares. And, and I loved watching him play. It's a guy that plays the game right. And he's so completely engulfed in what he's doing and, and truly cares, which you love to see. And Chase, you know, he was the second best hitter. And if he didn't blow his elbow, I think it would have been the clear yeah. cut player of the year. I mean, he, he was kind of he, he was our right in. Look at that Southmoreland game. Three innings, seven strikeouts, a save. Get John his first win. That that alone was enough to give him the. <laughs> that was one of the best pitching performances I saw all year, and I saw a lot of high school baseball. Yeah, you were on the what two A championship. Two A championship game. I did the. 6A championship game, how to get that one right. So I, I saw a lot of good pitching and a lot of good – but, I mean, I'm, I, I think that was about as dominant as I saw – would put that up there with any pitcher over a three-inning stretch. And, you know, it's not great you lost it, but, you know, our breakout player of the year helped step up and fill that gap, and that was Logan Brown. Kind of came out of the woodwork, something I didn't see coming. I don't know if you saw coming, but maybe the only person who really saw it coming was John Malone, knew what he had possibly in there before he really stepped foot in on the mound against McGuffey. And that was one of their best games of the year is they had McGuffey on the ropes and just were unable to finish that one off. But that was probably one of their better games besides the South Moreland game this year. I mean, those were really the top two games they played all season long. And, you know, they had chances to win one of them. They won the other. And, you know, Logan Brown was outstanding this year all around for Frazier. I mean, he gave you a chance to win every time he pitched. And what more can you ask for from a freshman pitcher? But we will move on to softball here. It will be a quick, brief segment that will be joined by head coach Donnie Hartman right here on the Frazier Athletic Show. Just as your local State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home and auto. And guess what you'll get? That's right, good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, State Farm agent Brian Warnick is your go-to agent in Perryopolis for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home and auto today. State Farm agent Brian Warnick will help you mix and match things perfectly. Call 412-668-0111 for surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back here on the Frazier Athletic Show. Moving into softball as the softball team made its run to the WPIAL semifinals, then on to the state playoffs where Laurel was their opponent once again, and the Spartans got the better of the Commodores in both meetings. And make sure you continue to stay tuned as after we are done breaking down, the end of the softball season will be joined for or a great interview with head coach Donnie Hartman of the Commodore softball team. So make sure you stay tuned for that. A lot of great insight from the Commodore's head honcho himself as, again, Laurel once again standing in the path of the Commodores and came out victorious. And that, that team's a bit of an anomaly. All young, but they get the job done year in and year out. But, you know, a lot of great things to look out during this season for Frazier. They had, were able to put the bats together for the most part of the year until you kind of ran into some really good pitching against Laurel with Autumn Boyd. I mean, she's just absolutely incredible. We saw Maddie Griffin in the consolation game, and there was some kind of question noble about the legality of her pitching yeah. uh logan was at the game i don't know and like, logan I, was a big I, not not a big fan of that i wasn't a big fan of it either like the hawk it's, the rosin. it's it's yeah it's almost like the mob scandal is going on now like the sticky stuff like, i mean i don't think her uh, whole hand was like white from the rosin and like her pants like was like caked white from rosin i don't know how that's illegal i don't think uh she would get uh away as cleanly as maybe max scherzer or uh, yeah. Sergio Romo, who were just completely like stripping down on the field. Did you see those videos? <laughs> yeah, Nick? I did. I mean, that, that may have been the best thing. Like, <laughs> well, Scherzer I, threw yeah, his hat, well, threw his glove. Scherzer was like, it was the third time he got checked. He's like, what do you want me to do? He's like, do, do you want me to take this stuff off? Yeah. I will at this point. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from MOB. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that, that's in all similarity with the yeah. way 
It was. Like, it was just, it was insane. I can't believe that team made the finals, though. Their offense just, they weren't there for me. They did get some help with some shortened games, too, with the weather. But yeah. they were a well, good like, team. But I, I just don't think they were state-worthy. And they lost, you know, pitchers to a one to nothing in 2A. Clearly, we saw that she was legal because she they wouldn't have made it all the way to the state finals. Like, they would have called her for, like, the illegal pitches and stuff like that. I don't know. And you know. have to like, wonder I, if they even made her change it, but she's still just that good, and she kind yeah. of was just trying to get an advantage because she did give up more hits than normal inside the, the state playoffs, which you're going to see better competition there, yes. but the, the way that she did throw was weird, though. Like, she had her foot down, kind of hopped, and then put her foot down again. So, like, I, I think it might have messed with some umpires, maybe, and that's how she got away with it. But, like, it was a really weird form. They could have made her – again, you could take down on maybe the Rosen bag, but I don't know if they were going to call her on the stance again. Yeah. You never know. It, again, it depends on who you get on what given day and what an umpire is willing to kind of put up with and what one's not. But, I mean, that was a great team as well. And, you know, I don't think necessarily they deserved the one seed going into the playoffs. I think it should have been Laurel. And Laurel proved why they probably should have deserved it. I mean, it's tough not to give it to them. But I don't know, but they kind of, they kind of make you – the one seed, they went to the state title. So, you I mean, know what I mean? I like, it, it's kind of hand in hand. I would have liked to see them play Laurel. I would have liked to have seen that too, but. I mean, again, that sometimes that never happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I know this personally from all my prep work I do when I do games. And when I'm going back and kind of like looking, it's like, man, this team won the championship or lost to this team in the championship or inside the WPIAL postseason. And then they don't, t- they make a run to the states and that team. Again, you never face them again. Yeah. I forget, it's, you see it so often. I forget what year it was, but we played Chartiers Houston four times that year. Yeah. We played – because they were in our section, so you play them twice there. I think that was 17. Seven, yeah. It or, might, or was – no, it, it might well, have been 19. No, it wasn't 19 because we lost to them the fourth time. We lost to them in the state playoff. That might have been 17. I think right? it was 17 because we made 19, it, you beat them twice, yeah, I think. Yeah, 19, we beat them all four times. That sounds Because right. they were in our section. I, I remember looking last time I saw Chartier's Houston, which was earlier in this year, against Carlington, and it, there was a weird thing like yeah. that. Cause but when you play a team like so much, you know their tendencies. Like you, you just know them. And I think that's kind of like what we're getting with, with Laurel is that we've played them so many times that you kind of just know what to expect. They're going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's simple. They're going to be good. You know, it's going to be a good team. And, you know, in that state playoff game, you kind of shot yourself in the foot with a couple errors. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that level of a game, any one of those can be costly. But, you know, we had that large raid and delay, which I thought kind of was good was for Frazier. I think it was good. I mean, the girls were pretty loose going into the game. But then on the fact the air was so thick. Yes. The ball did not travel. You had Riley look like she was going to put you up early on. As I thought she absolutely tattooed a ball, and it just died. It absolutely looked like that ball was well over the fence. Like the trajectory, she made great contact, and then it just like it looked like it hit a wall in the air and just dropped. And that's how thick that air was that day. And you know that kind of hurts. But it also, you know, Laurel had to do the same thing, and they were able to dink and dunk their way through, get some unearned runs, and come across victorious. But, you know, I think we also got to talk about the job Nicole did. I mean, how easy – you can take that one of two ways. You give up 14 runs, and, you know, you could be like, I should never face this team again because I have no confidence against them. Or you want a little bit of revenge. And I think the way Nicole pitched is that she, in a sense, won revenge. She didn't get the strikeout pitch that you're used to seeing by Palmer, but she was able to, you know, kind of put down a statement, you know, I can pitch against you guys. It was, I, I just had two bad innings. And she put together a solid performance, and I think it was just four total earned runs. I know at least two weren't earned in that championship. I think it was four, yeah. I can bring that up right now, but... I'm pretty sure it was just four earned runs against for Palmer in that game. And you know what? You give up four earned runs, or three earned runs, according to the official stat line. If you give up three earned runs, that's giving your team a chance to win, and that's all you could ask from her. And she came back after getting lit up by them and gave her team a chance to win. And I think that just says a lot for a young player. Part of that red shirt freshman, I mean, she's not, but... 
part of that group of freshmen and redshirt freshmen yeah. that we saw as I consider the sophomores redshirt freshmen. That was our analogy of the whole year. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I'll still be using it next year. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, our, our juniors redshirt sophomores. Yeah, redshirt sophomores. But it, it, they had a great, great season for a season. There were so many question marks coming in. You know, people just say, yeah, it's Fraser softball. They're going to be good. Yeah. It, on the outside, yeah, a lot of people may think that. But on the inside, it may not have been the same I, thought I process. I don't know. I think, like, this year was really, like, a lot of, a lot of people didn't believe in this team. They're like, oh, they lost their whole team from that 2019 year. And, and, and we, we, really, we really didn't have any respect from, like, anybody until no. we got to the playoffs. And sometimes you got to create your own respect. Yeah, I think this year, this year they did a really good job at creating respect, and they kind of went with what they had and ran. Yeah, they, they put out a heck of an effort, and, you know, they went further than a lot of people ever thought they could. Yeah. They didn't, again, obviously, you always want to end the season with the championship. They were unable to, but... You Only one team ends the season on a win. That's right. That's right. Well, maybe two. Huh. The only reason I can say maybe two this year is, you know, you win the WPIO title and all of a sudden, hey, your team, you're not all play now. Your team just got shut down. True. <laughs> I mean, it didn't happen true. this year, but you could have had it Very that true. way. But obviously not many teams get to do that. I mean, Laurel, WPIO champions, they yeah. didn't end the year on a win. No. That was probably the biggest surprise to me. I was surprised they didn't make it there. Yeah, I should that, say that's, that. That's what I was going to say. Uh, I'm surprised thought, they lost in the state playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I not necessarily think they would have won the title, but I, I think they should have. They had a good chance, and I think they should have been there. I, I don't know. Like, if you, if, you they had look good at the, bats. if you look at the numbers, though, I think it was, like, seven total teams from, like, our district that won. There's no other district in the state that has that. Like, no. you'll have, a, like, this side of the state for basically all athletics – is so much better. And talk than, about the, the ones West. that made it and didn't win. Yeah. Because I believe NA made it, but they didn't win. I, I mean, NA? North in baseball. I'm pretty sure North Allegheny didn't win the state championship. I don't think they did, no. But they, I know they made they it. They made it, yeah. So I think you look at that, how many of those guys even mm-hmm. made it there and didn't win. I mean, it was a heck of a year for the WPIO on both sides yeah. of things. And, I mean, it's every single year, and, and too. I think like, Laurel's biggest issue is why they didn't win a state championship they weren't complete enough as a team this year yeah and what i say that it's tough to even slide through the wpio without being a complete team but they had two they had about three spots in that order well they had the hitting and they had the pitching mike and i don't think they really had the fielding no their fielding wasn't they they were really weak fielding and they they just had a really good pitcher they had about three spots offensively in that lineup that weren't and you know you had your catcher she was solid but she didn't hit, I think, as much as you wanted. Um, Duddy, I, she didn't impress me personally. I mean, she was a decent hitter, but she didn't impress me the two times I saw Laurel. Yeah. But Abby Miles was incredible. Autumn Boyd, pitcher, I mean, hitter, could do it all. Yeah. Um, their third baseman was phenomenal. She pitched game two. I can't, uh, let me look at her name. I cannot think of it off the top of my head. But she was absolutely incredible in that game. I think it was Kissick. Kissick. Play, can play third base and can hit the cover off the ball. But, like, Valenti, Jellyman are kind of two spots that was a rough going in the that lineup. But Deal, Boyd, Kissick, and Miles, those are tough to play against when you have yeah. those. But, again, when you have a couple of weak spots in your offensive lineup, it can kind of really turn around. We saw that, in a sense, with Frazier once you got to that bottom of the lineup. I mean, mm-hmm. Abby Scott's bat really, I think, excelled towards the last – Yeah month of the season last three weeks and that became a added bonus after a slow start to her bat but it kind of really came to life and that will i think help next year and you know looking in the next year you have a lot of talent and you're only losing two pieces skyler yeah she was a good fielder the bat was never really there for her this season but i think with either you know you have grayson maybe goes out there mm -hmm. uh what you're losing compared to what's coming in it's it's really not that big of a the biggest and people may say that you're a little crazy for thinking this the biggest loss in my opinion on the softball team is riley evans of course i mean that's obvious yeah but it's not the bat i think your biggest leadership i think the leadership and her for being a first baseman yeah if you can because people think it's first base you just stand there and catch the ball 
No. No. In softball, you're, people don't have enough respect for the corner infield in softball. I don't think people have enough respect for softball in general. True. I've always said this since we've come on the air this year. Mm-hmm. I've said that, too. How quick that ball is coming in at you. And you'll hear Donnie talk a little bit about, you know, how tough that is, you know, to be able to shut down the bunt and do that. But, you know, Riley and Delaney at the corners did a great job. And it's not just catching. You got to be able to pick throws out of the dirt. You have to be able to do so much more than just catch a ball over at first base. And that leadership mentality and kind of stability at first is going to be sorely missed. And again, it'll be interesting to see. I think you could almost see a completely different lineup with the same group of players this year you had this year next year. I think the only thing in my opinion set in stone about that Frazier team next year there's three things. Bednar and Palmer are going to pitch for you too cuz you really don't have anyone coming up that's going to pitch. I mean Grayson pitched in middle school really but that was kind of cuz of an emergency basis they didn't have a pitcher. So you have Palmer and Bednar going to be your pitchers and I think personally with the other Bednar coming up, you never know. But when it gets to at least crunch time in your must-win games, Jensen's going to be behind the plate. Yeah. I mean, but I think you have, with the other Bednar, you have a great option to not make her catch every single day. Give yeah, those I think that's rest. what it'll be more used of. It's like a kind of a rest as needed kind of deal. I think, he, But I, yeah. honestly, I think Jensen's one of the best catchers in the WPIL. Second best in 2A, in my opinion. I think she's the best framer I've seen. Mm-hmm. But I think the best overall defensive catcher – is Shenangos still. I, I just I'll, I'll agree with that. She, that girl's just tough. That girl's tough. She's a good Was good she player. a senior or she's younger. I think younger. she's she's either a sophomore or junior. She was oh, young. Okay. But I again I think Jensen by far is one of the best catchers I've seen all year in softball. And you know Mandy would give credit uh for those of you who may follow some WPIO softball, Peyton List, flamethrower for Beaver. I mean absolutely an unreal pitcher. Virginia Tech commit. I mean girl throws heat they spots also it. won the state championship yeah. in 3A. They're, they're a good team. But Jensen, before she had control, caught Peyton. So mm-hmm. Jensen had to get real good at catching defensively real quick. That's what Mandy told me. And, you know, that's a great way to learn when you're throw, catching a pitcher that throws as fast as she does right now without control. You learn to become pretty good defensively really quick, and that's what she did. And I think, you know, besides those three, you could see maybe Tory move, maybe to second, maybe to third, maybe Delaney to first. Maybe, I mean, I think Ben Nars going to play your outfield, going to play your second, maybe, yeah. depending on how you do that. But Ben Nars, or not Ben Nars, um, Felsher, I meant. Felsher, I think wherever you put her, that girl's going to excel. We saw that this year. We saw that with the bat. And, you know, she was excellent this year. And she was so close, so close to winning our breakout player of the year. I really, it, it was tough not to give it to her. It's a good leeway. It was so tough not to give it to her. And in a normal year, if we would have done every single sport, and we would have done Volleyball Player of the Year and went through that with the podcast. And Jensen would have won Volleyball Player of the Year because she was just unreal again yeah. there. But we didn't do it. And Jensen, her first year of high school as well, is great as The redshirt year for yeah. softball. Both of them playing their first year. I mean, Maria maybe had the biggest surprising season, in my opinion, just doing everything so well and doing whatever she was asked for. But Jensen, I mean, in my opinion, she was one of the best players on that team besides Riley Evans. I don't think there was anyone better defensively, leadership-wise, hitting the ball. She did it all. Team needed a big hit. She got it. Team needed a huge play defensively. She did it. Go back to that Charleroi game. The catch she made sliding into the fence behind home plate in foul territory to end the game. I mean, I call mean, about almost, unselfless leadership. The clench the section, basically. Yeah. And it, it was thoroughly impressive, and I think that's why – you know, it's tough not to make her the breakout player of the year because the player of the year honors had to go to Riley Evans. Just the leadership, the hitting. I mean, she, she did it all in her senior year and got that team. was a big part of why that team got to where they did. And she had a heck of a year as well. And that's why she is our player of the year. Jensen, our breakout player of the year with a couple of votes thrown in there for Felsher. But We'll come back, interview with head coach Donnie Hartman, and then we'll send you on your way right here on the Frazier Athletic Show. Just as your local State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home and auto. And guess what you'll get? That's right, good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, State Farm agent Brian Warnick is your go-to agent in Periopolis, 
for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home and auto today. State Farm Major Brian Warnick will help you mix and match things perfectly. Call 412-668-0111 for surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Back here on the Frazier Athletics Show, joined by softball head coach Donnie Hartman and Coach, uh, not necessarily the way you ever want to end a season, but with going into this year, probably a lot of questions and maybe possibly further than you thought your team could have made it, uh, at least in the longevity, coming in as a three seed, a section championship. So even though you didn't get the result you want, still a really good year overall and a lot to be proud of. Oh, well, you know, from the start of the season, I was just hoping to make it to the next day of practice, let alone, you know, to go where we were going to. So, um, <clears throat> With the, with the whole uh, mess we were in with COVID this year, uh, you know, the uncertainty, again, like you had mentioned, uh, we started the year, we knew we, we had lost five big seniors. Uh, we were gaining some some nice young, uh, well, freshmen, sophomores, should I say. And uh, they really stepped in and did a nice job. Uh, we had some surprise freshmen this year. You know, Nicole Palmer ended up having a really great season for us in the circle. And yeah, it was it was a great surprise. Uh, we we stayed healthy for the most part, made it through the COVID situation, and uh, very surprised to win the section title. Not that I didn't think we would. I thought our talent was there, but it was tough. It was tough getting through Carmichael's. It was tough getting through Charleroi, and being able to uh, go undefeated in the section was a great great uh, accomplishment for us. And then you know you know. As far as the playoffs went, we just went game by game and making it to the Final Four and qualifying for the States for the fourth straight year in a row. I, I couldn't be happier, more proud of the girls. And, you know, making the States, you, you saw Laurel again and again, and it seems like it's a never-ending battle here recently, whether, I mean, the first meeting back in 17, I think that was the first time you guys really played them. 17 was the first time, uh, right? First WPIO title, you were able to get past Laurel, yep. but... Ever since then, Laurel's just, it's kind of freak of nature how that program's been able to just turn out young players and still, with almost an all-freshman, sophomore team, we're still able to win the WPIO title this year. But you kind of look in the future, is there a bit of a stigma going into a game where it's like, oh, it's Laurel, we can't beat them from a team mentality, even though they were a great team this year. I'm not putting anything against that, but is that something you think you may have to work forward in the future and say, hey, it's another game. We can still play with them. We can still beat them. Uh, what? That's a good question. Um, so let's go back to 17. We played them in the quarterfinals, and um, they had a great team, and I, kn- I knew their players from travel ball. Uh, we were able to hold on. Actually, you know, it was a funny story. We, we were losing – and we, we were caught in a rain delay, a lightning delay. And during that lightning delay, we were able to regroup, and we came back out and scored a bunch of runs and ended up uh, beating them in that game and going on to win a Whippeal title. Then in, in 2018, here we are in a one nothing game with them at, at Seton Hill. Uh, a bounce here or a bounce there, that, that, that game could have been ours very simply. <clears throat> Still haunts me to this day over a few things. <laughs> um, and then here we go facing them again in the 2019 Whippeal Championship. A little different story. They had a different pitcher then who was coming off a knee injury. And she threw a great game. Uh, and here we are again in, in 2021. So, you know, when you look at it, you have to think to yourself, okay, so when you take the great programs out there in the country, whether it's your Alabamas or your Texas or your New England Patriots, I just think that, you know, for us, our goal is to become one of those constant contenders. And I know that Laurel's a constant contender. Uh, they have great programs. They have great youth uh, feeder systems out there. So I'm sure as long as I'm around, hopefully we're, we're going to tangle with them again and again. And um, But it's new kids. So, you know, the 17 and 18 team was a total different team than, you know, obviously the team that faced them this year. Uh, and they were a total different team. So, But they keep producing. We have a nice freshman class coming in next year. I think it's going to help help our squad too. So I just hope that we can get back to that that depth in the Whippeal playoffs and, and face them again. Before we get into that kind of up-and-coming class, because I've heard of a lot of positives about what you're going to bring in compared to the two pieces you're losing, but 
you went into talking about Laurel kind of just the pitchers and all that they have. Do you find that can be a bit of a struggle when you look at your section as a whole? You don't have too many power throwing arms that you're facing game in and game out. And then when you get to the postseason, you see players such as Autumn Boyd, who didn't actually throw against you in game two through right. the first game, I believe. She did. Right. And uh, even Riverside had a more of a power throwing pitcher Great than you would have seen right. throughout the year. So do you find that as a bit of a challenge when you're coming in a section with, I mean, you have some decent pitchers in Charleroi and Wes, or Carmichael's, but Correct. kind of besides that, there's not a lot of power arms like you're seeing once you get to the higher levels of the playoffs. And, you know, those girls are seeing power pitching every single day in practice. It does make a difference. And, you know, for them, when you look at their conference, I, they have, uh, you know, Laurel's in it, Nishanik's in it, Riverside's in it. I mean, all those teams are phenomenal teams. And you're right. They're, they're all facing 60-mile-an-hour pitching day in and day out. So for us, it's preparation. We don't really – we see good pitchers. We don't see that caliber of pitcher. So that's where it comes into play that we have to play the EFs and the, the Mount Pleasants and the Belvernons and – and fortunately, you know, for us, these bigger schools give us a chance to play them. A lot of times that doesn't happen. Um, we take our lumps sometimes. Sometimes we, we win. But uh, so that, that exhibition season, those, those, those games mean everything because those are the only times that we can actually see pitching like that to prepare for what we're going to see come playoff time. But it's a progression. Uh, you know, you start off the season – you know, your, your hitting's behind as it is anyway, then you end up catching up to the pitching as, as, as time goes on. But then once you turn it up to the playoffs and you turn it into that next round, everybody's good. The game gets a lot faster. The pitching gets better. And it's just fun to play at that level because, like, you know, when you're playing high-speed sports, it, it's to me, that's always my ultimate goal. And so... I mean, obviously something you hope that maybe even with travel ball, a lot of your girls, I know Delaney, Maria, to name a few, playing for Team PA, Riley did as well. And you have to wonder, is that going to be a great way at least to develop and get used to more of that power pitching come the future as you get kind of that experience in the summertime even? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I've been blessed that the kids have bought into playing outside of their local township teams and going to the travel game and they're traveling the country and they're seeing a lot of great players so where that really makes a difference is when they come in as freshmen they're not really truly freshmen you know they're freshmen that have seen a lot of great talent so they're not um so the chemistry's not there yet as far as like being a Fraser softball player but they have a lot of experience. So that helps a ton as a coach. Uh, you know, so next year, you know, we're, we're bringing three, four girls in that all have travel ball experience. Again, they're young, and you know, they have to mesh with my older players and get to know their, their, their Frazier teammates. But uh, they, they bring in a lot of that experience that they've seen. So it's not that they're starting from scratch. But, uh, you know, that's what we're hoping for. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to hit the ground running next year in March and uh, continue our tradition. And, I mean, you saw that a ton this year, I'd say. I mean, with a combination of your sophomore, freshman, you mentioned Nicole. Yep. But even someone like Maria, probably the biggest surprise to me watching right. your team. I mean, just wherever you plugged her in on the diamond, she was making excellent plays defensively. And the bat came along as well later in the season, a couple of homers for her. And then, of course, your daughter Jensen had an excellent year all around. Probably one of the top two defensive catchers I've seen Thank the entire you. year. I mean, framing pitches probably the best and the only other one i could even compare would be shenango's catcher who i mean she just a tough kid and took a punch in the face in the championship game and kept going kept going right but you saw those young players take a big step and you know with now that experience at such a young age for girls like maria madison jensen and you know nicole you have those younger freshmen could you see yourself becoming a team such as laurel with a pretty heavy young lineup and competing still i do um again it's always tough you know when you look at next season so you have you have laurel with their team all back and two stud pitchers and of course you have ligonier with their stud pitcher but i put us there i put us right up in the top five or six teams you know coming out of the gate i know uh short tears was a little bit down this year but they're gaining a, a girl that's coming in a freshman throwing 65 miles an hour who I've actually dealt with in the past with uh, Team Pennsylvania. So, 
you know, but the game's evolving. The female game of softball has really come a long way with the travel situation. Um, obviously, with the College World Series, they're watching it on TV more. So I couldn't be more proud of where we stand just as a society with, with female sports, how they're catching up to the, the male game and all these girls putting all this time in and they're really elevating their game. They're getting scholarships. They're going to school for free and it's been great to be a part of. You mentioned, mentioned scholarships there and of course one scholarship player leaving your program is a huge loss and that's of course Riley Evans. Um, sure. A heck of a season with her and I actually was talking to her a couple days or so after that state playoff game and you know yeah, she had a huge opportunity, and a ball just died in the air. It was such a humid day. Balls weren't traveling. Kind right. of thought that could have put you out to an early lead against Laurel with kind of the contact she made. But that bat was absolutely huge in your lineup all year. But just as much as that, that's going to be a big hole next year trying to fill that spot defensively at first base. It is. And, you know, when you lose players like her and you lose players like you lost the last couple of years, you know, for me, I, I don't look to replace. I just I look to, like, redefine that position because, you know, those girls have – they made their, their statement. They've won state titles. They've made their mark at Fraser softball. Um, they'll always be a big part of me and my program and my heart. And, you know, Riley had a great senior year. She was a great leader. Uh, she came through in big situations all year long. And you don't replace a girl like her. You just You just hope to move on and – you know, find somebody that can mold to fill her, fill fill that void in, and and just kind of you know keep us going. And with losing her again, you're gaining a good number of freshmen, and you never know, especially at a school like Fraser, when girls may be playing softball, and then all of a sudden their junior year, oh, I'm going to come back and play again. Right. You, you see that all the time in a school this size. At least when I was here, it happened all the time, and I'm sure you still see it now and then, but do you see it almost as someone maybe on your team doing a couple position? I know you don't want to give out too much information of probably what you're planning <laughs> next year, but I mean, I have my personal thoughts of what could happen next year, but do you see maybe some new positions possibly, bringing in a freshman to take over maybe a natural position for them and then kind of tweaking some positions here and there just to keep your bats in order and keep the line of fluently flowing through? Well, you know, and it's it's interesting that you say that because usually the first day in January when we get started with our preseason, I, I, I tell the girls it's a, it's a clean slate. It's a brand new year. So, you know, with new kids coming in and I'm starting to assess talent and see what we have, we look to revamp our team every single year. So whatever position you played last year doesn't necessarily mean that's where you're going to play, you know, the upcoming year. You have to fill the void and you have to put the pieces in the right spots. And that's my job as a coach, um, to move people around. And, and we've been fortunate to have some girls that can play multiple positions. And I think they buy into that philosophy. They're not set into just, I'm, I'm only a second baseman or I'm only a center fielder. Um, you know, the girls have been very unselfish the last couple of years in that aspect. And, and they play where they feel that is best for the team. And I think that's a big help when you have some athletes out there, even though you have uh – Madison's sister coming in next year. I mean, right. technically a pure catcher, but right. it'd be tough to move Jensen with how great she was behind the plate. I mean, so when you just even have a girl that's athletic and it has to be a huge help when you're just getting, even if it's just a crop of athletes and you can define them into a position. Correct. And that's, you know, and we have talked about that. If, if things happen to, to play out that way where Jensen has to play a different position, she's willing to do that. She's not setting that. Neither is, is, is Emmy. Emmy can play multiple positions too. So, you know, we'll have to take a really good look at that next year in January, February, and whatever the best pieces fall, they may. And and what's nice is, like, even this year, we were able to throw, you know, Madison, a different uh, in, uh, pitcher, and, and we were able to catch uh, Riley Evans a lot to give Jensen breaks. So, you know, we've been, like you said, mentioned earlier, Felsher played a lot of seconds. She played a lot of outfield. And, you know, you're, you consider yourself pretty, pretty blessed when you can move three, four players around the multiple positions and still have success. And I've told Mandy this. I've told Grace, and I think this coming. I'm a big advocate of moving Delaney to first base. Just gonna, just gonna throw it out there. I mean, hey, I think you got some good athletes. Just, just gonna throw that out there. I mean, Coach her hands are—it's just impressive. Her hands in tight there. They we haven't really talked about her at all, and she had a heck of a year as well. She did, and um, you know, Delaney was a nice surprise this year. And, and I mean, she came in and 
and did a heck of a job. Uh, Catherine Barch was phenomenal. You know, for four years at third base, that girl just uh, played hard, didn't make errors, shut down the bunt. And, you know, we knew that that was one of our biggest, biggest holes that we had to fill this year. And I thought that Delaney did a nice job of doing that. But, you know, conversation has come up um, about moving her to first base. <laughs> I mean, I think she can do a great job there, too. We have a, a young infielder, Grace Vaughn, coming in who – plays very, very well. I'm sure she's going to hopefully fill a role somewhere in that infield. But, again, like we said, I mean, our infield could look totally different next year. So, But it's a long way away. We have a lot of work to do. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens come next March. I have at least one last question that kind of popped into my head. And, you know, in a sense, you kind of missed out on that year. I mean, I know you had that tournament that came place in the summer last year to at least give the girls an opportunity to play. And you did have Logan and you did have Jensen on that team. But at the high school level next year, really the first time you're going to get both the, at least two of your girls together. So what's that going to be like getting both Grayson and Jensen on the field for you next year? Maybe a little more gray hairs, a little more stress for you, but good experience I, possibly. I mean, step, stepping out of my coaching shoes into my father's shoes, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, I, I enjoyed tremendously the, the five games that I had with Logan and Jensen. And, you know, that'll ever for be a a hole in my heart that uh you know we didn't get to play that that season and as you saw what those four freshmen came in and did I mean I think they could have filled some voids and I think you know potentially anything could have happened but I think we could have had a great 2020 season that you know one of those things you'll never know and um but uh you know with Grayson coming in now you know playing with Jensen not only is it exciting to coach both my daughters both in volleyball and softball but it's also it just makes my my family dynamic a lot easier. Me and Mandy had talked. We're, we're not going to be driving to 10 different places because one's playing middle school and one's in high school. And so it's it's going to be nice to have, like, all of us in, in, in the same four walls. <laughs> Looking forward to it. I guess one more question. Bring up, again, you do volleyball and you do softball together. But does it help when you have so many kind of repeat athletes in a sense? Yeah between volleyball and softball, at least the ones that are, because they already know the expectation. They know the mentality. And, you know, I consider you two kind of an older breed of coaching, which I prefer. And it's the old school mentality. It's, you know, this is what you have to do to play for me. And if you don't, there's the door in a sense. And I respect that. And I think if you hold people to that standard and they're willing to buy in, you're going to be so much more successful. And I think that's shown both on softball and volleyball, it's been a standard. It's been a standard of success for year in and year out. So does that kind of help when you have that, you know, all right, you're here for volleyball, and then you're going to come play for me in softball, even if you're a freshman. By the time you get to softball season, that standard's already built in there by the time you get on the field. It has been. And, uh, you know, geez, Mandy, we've been here since 98. You took over the program. I think I came in and started helping her in 1999. So we've been together, you know, wearing red and white for quite a long time. And like you said, we, we've set a standard. Uh, we have both been really blessed to have some great athletes. We've been blessed to have had a great time here at Frazier and have a lot of success. And it, now it's funny that you say that, but now what's interesting is we are getting a lot of little sisters, cousins of our players, uh, good friends of the girls that played for us. So... It's a, we always call ourselves a family when we break out, but I seriously look at it as, as an extended extension to our family because all those players that played for us 20 years ago, you know, tell stories uh, of the expectations and how they won, that, that they lead down to their, their relatives and their cousins and their little sisters. So, yeah, I think the expectations are definitely set when they come into our program. And, you know, sometimes people don't like that for the most part people do i mean we we are definitely old school coaches and we held our hold our kids accountable when we have an expectation and you know she and i aren't going to change from that and that's just how we're going to keep coaching until we're done and uh you know in in i think the, it's ultimately the kids the kids enjoy the fact that they like the discipline and uh and they, and they like the winning that goes along with it so but yeah i mean our seasons flow you know, like we're done with volleyball in, in November. You've been going deep. We take like a month off. We start volleyball. So it just sort of just goes hand in hand. And it's nice to have when you have four or five girls to play both sports uh, for us. So it, ma it makes things a lot smoother. 
I always said this, at least when I played, the coaches I hated the most during practice and during the games were some of my favorite coaches because, you know, they pushed me, they got the best out of me, right. even if I wanted to fight them during a practice. Um, no. hey, it, in the end, I appreciate it because it helped me in the long run, and I think it helped us succeed more. And, I, again, I see that with both of you guys in your programs, and it, it's, it's going to be fun to watch the next couple of years because I think both going back to volleyball and softball, there's a lot to be looking forward to next year and the years on and kind of maybe make that 2020 that didn't happen what could have been kind of a little bit in the past because you know the future could be so bright and if you get that win it kind of at least helps erase some of that pain of missing out on that season which could have been a 2-4 season if you ask me stayed in WPIL uh, uh, yeah yeah so well we'll see but uh you know we do it we have some nice young talent and there's some talent you know in the in the in the youth leagues uh, which is really nice to see in, around here uh, in Periopolis. A lot of these younger girls are playing travel ball, 10U, 8U, 12U. Um, so the girls that are gone that really paved the way, uh, I think have become role models for these younger ones and become role models for their parents as also because they realize you know what it takes and what those kids went through to be good, and they're making that sacrifice and that commitment for their daughters to hopefully be good. So, you know, I... I really, really looking forward to compete here at Fraser for the next oh, who knows how many years. But, uh, you know, right now I'm enjoying every second. All right, Coach. I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day to come talk to us. Anytime. Always, always a blast. All right. Good luck next season and look forward to seeing you guys in the fall, I guess, and see what's happening, at least with volleyball. And, yeah, and we, we fired up volleyball practice last week. So, uh, you know, it won't, it won't be long. We're, we're, we're getting after it right now on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, uh, you know, we're preparing for the upcoming season. All right, we will be right back here on the Frazier Athletic Show to wrap things up and send you on your way. Somerset Trust Company, now open in Periopolis. We invite you to stop by and experience the Somerset Trust Company difference. Local decision-making, convenient locations, extended hours, award-winning online and mobile banking, and more. Somerset Trust Company, community banking at its best. Now open in Periopolis. You can enjoy the rustic decor of the Big Barn Country Store in Delhi from Route 51, just south of Periopolis, Pennsylvania. Inside the store, enjoy the atmosphere and browse through a selection of delicious Amish foods, home-baked pies, a deli, a wide array of nostalgic candy, wine store, and much more. Open seven days a week. Visit our website at bigbarnstore.com. That's bigbarnstore.com. Again, another huge thank you to Nani and Mandy Hartman for uh, stopping by here and joining us today. Mandy didn't really want to be on the mic. We had the mic, the little law of mics. She said, nope, just you three. I'm not doing it. She'll so, have to get used to it in the fall. That's what I said. That's what you told her, Nikki. You got to we'll, get ready we'll for be, volleyball season. We'll be we'll tracking be. her down. That's right. Hey, hey, interview. Come on, get over here. <laughs> Get her in the media room. Yeah, the media room. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're hey, calling. Hey, I, I like that idea. That that you're on to something there. I mean, we're calling it the media room now. Uh, we're just gonna next time I'm in there. Like, hey, first John. Time, John was talking about getting like the the media backdrop thing. So I like that, it. That's a good idea. N next time I'm in the building, which is not going to be till next school year, whether it be for a sporting event first or stubbing first, I'm gonna get a sign, just hang it on that door that says a media room. <laughs> see how long we get to last there. And I feel like Smith would be all bored. I say we just go for it, see what happens. What's the worst that happens? They take the sign down, but we're going to go for it. I'm going to hang a sign there. <laughs> I, I like the new media room idea. I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, we could even, like, set that other camera up, and, like, it could be perfect. Just have the other laptop. We just need to get that great approval from John alone. I'm all for it, but one thing we have not talked about yet, quickly touch on, as we are running out of time, you know, because we don't have necessarily all the results, but... The track season came to an end. Uh, you had some great performances there. You know, Kendall Shaporka was outstanding for them all season long running. You know, made it to the Whippeal finals. Yeah, an excellent job there. She was our BMO track athlete of the year. Sydney Polkabla broke out on the jumping portion and of on track. The guy, on the guys' side, Matthew Cordage got the track player of the year, and Adam Phillips got the breakout track athlete of the year. I mean, great, great season for all Frazier athletes. It's been a great year, and again, we'll be with you throughout the summer 
from our new recording location. Again, that is the Cactus Bar and Grill located at 3440 Pittsburgh Road off Route 51 in Periopolis. The Cactus is serving up homemade pizza, sandwiches, wings, salads, and much more open Tuesday through Sunday. Dine in and take out at 724-947-3101. But Nick, uh, great show. Getting back on the air and getting more content to the people as that's what we're here to do. We're here to please, Nick. We're here to please. Please the people. But again, thank you for tuning in and for all your support. And until next time, hopefully not a three-month hiatus. That's the plan. Keep it much shorter than <laughs> hey, that. We, we don't have three months to go like hiatus because uh, these fall sports start in August. So we'll be back sooner than later. I think our next guest will be either John or Buck. Yeah. We'll try to get one of those two for one of, for a show apiece maybe. Well, we'll shoot for uh, July, a week in July, early July for our next episode. Maybe Buck, maybe John. Make sure you stay tuned. Stay tuned to the Twitter if you don't follow us. Follow us on Twitter. Keep you up to date with what's going on with the network and much more. On behalf of Nick Hicks, I'm Alex Lyons saying thank you for tuning in once again and have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to another edition of the Frazier Athletic Show.